This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rays Radio Network. Swing a pop fly shallow right. Charging Margot. He is under it. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. There's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes. Bats to the wall. Get out of here. It's gone. Record-setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing it a long drive, deep to left field. Going back is Gardner, all the way to the wall. It's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso. The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead and sweet justice in San Diego. Now, to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. Good evening and welcome in to our first edition of the 2021 season of Countdown to Opening Day with Andy Friedheim, Dave Wills. The Rays are coming off a visit to the World Series back in 2020 and are looking forward to a very, very good year here again. And uh, uh, we've got a great show for you folks as I bring Andy Fried and Andy, we're going to be talking with the reigning American League Manager of the Year, Kevin Cash here in just a couple of moments, and also with Kevin Kiermaier, the, uh, again, longstanding center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays, who's still here. And uh, we've got uh, some news that we're going to be covering. But, uh, you know, again, in some ways this offseason, again, different than any other, given that we have still dealing with COVID-19 here in the United States and all the things that have been going on there. But in some ways it felt like it was a snap of the finger where we're back at it, uh, that we just left Arlington, Texas, being upset after losing game six to the Dodgers and losing the world series. And in some ways it felt like that was forever ago because uh, of the, of the, the nature of the season. So here we are, we're finally talking baseball. Congratulations to the bucks who joined the bolts as uh, world champions in this area. They call it Champa Bay, uh, the Rays making it to the world series. So all three teams having a lot to celebrate over the past uh, several months, but now we start to look forward to 2021 and I'm excited. I really am because uh, as we said, going into 2020, I think you said it at the end of the 2019 season it was not the end of something. It was the end of the beginning of something. And I, I feel the same way. I mean, I know it might be broadcast speak or uh, we're the home team, but I really do feel like while we accomplished a number of things that a lot of players left Arlington, Texas last year, feeling that we did not get to our ultimate goal and that's to win the world series. Well, I don't think the Rays take a backseat at all to what the Lightning or the Buccaneers uh, did. I mean, I think we're all very, very happy to be in an area and pretty lucky to be in an area where all these teams are really good at the same time. If you think of what the Rays have to deal with uh, compared to most other teams in sports to win the American League pennant uh, and and do it the way they did it uh, in that dramatic fashion against the Yankees to really dominate the Yankees throughout the year, eight games to two during the regular season, beat them the way they did. Uh, and, and really quiet anyone that said that the Yankees had anything on the Rays. The Rays beat them in every way they could in 2020. Uh, and, and then to do it the way they did against the Astros 
uh, a team that was uh, the bad boys, so to speak, for their cheating scandal, for the Rays to go up 3-0, lose three, and then win game seven, the emergence of a Rose Arena. The, the, the Rays, I think, owned the month for great moments, whether it be Brasso or Brett Phillips or Rose Arena uh, or, uh, or Margot trying to steal home, even though it didn't work. The Rays don't take a backseat to any team in this market or any other team. They are the American League champions, well-deserved, and they've got to defend that now over 162. And it starts within the division. You look at the American League East, and it's not like it got uh, any softer during the offseason. If anything, it might have gotten tougher. I mean, the, you know, again, you mentioned the Yankees. They added guys like uh, Corey Kluber and uh, Jamison Tyone. They also uh, look at the, uh, the Red Sox. They hope to get healthier. The Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, the loonies and toonies were flying north of the border. George Springer uh, added to that particular list. Robbie Ray, uh, Stephen Metz, uh, Kirby Yates, uh, Marcus Simeon. The division is as strong as it's probably ever going to be. It's why I think the American League East representatives always seem to go far in postseason because they're playing such a tough schedule throughout the year. Uh, some of the other divisions are pretty soft. You look at the AL West going on right now. There's a, uh, I mean, who's to say how it's going to ultimately play out? But there's some pretty soft teams in the Central and in the uh, in the West. And in the American League, you in the East, you have two teams that are really rebuilding and the Orioles and the Red Sox, who might jump up a little bit, especially if they get sail back in a healthy way. They've got some pitching, too. Uh, but bottom line, you've got to be battle-tested to win this division and then to get all the way to the World Series. I think the Rays will be in better shape than people think. And we'll discuss uh, the decision about Blake Snell in the World Series and trading him in the postseason uh, or in the offseason and the, uh, the loss of Charlie Morton. But what the Rays have added, too, and uh, as we talk to Kevin Cash and Kevin Kiermaier, Davis, you'll say by the end, I don't know. It gets me, and I know you, really ready to get this season going. Indeed. And, you know, you look at the Rays offseason moves, and it's just another Rays offseason. Yes, uh, we're saddened to see Blake Snell leave. We saw him as a young pup grow into the American League Cy Young Award winner and then do what he did last postseason. Charlie Morton was here for only two years, but it seems like he's going to leave a legacy that's going to be longstanding with this particular team. Hunter Renfro, Nate Lowe, but bringing in Michael Waka. Chris Archer's back. Looking forward to seeing how he does. Uh, Luis Patino and then Francisco Mejia, among others. Uh, really, it's a case where uh, we've got a lot to look forward here to in 2021. And I know that, uh, again, when you're done with this show, folks, I think you're going to feel the same way. And again, just a reminder as we uh, move along, the race team store at Tropicana Field is the gear you need to show up for your team pride. Contactless curbside pickup and shipping options are now available. Represent your Rays as they prepare to defend an American League championship. Visit RaysBaseball.com slash Team Store to view hours and details. Well, coming up again, we'll talk with Kevin Cash. Pitchers and catchers report February 18th. Position players February 23rd. Our first broadcast is going to be the last weekend of February. But coming up here in just a little bit, we'll be talking with uh, Kevin Cash on your home for the Rays, 95.3 WDAE. And AM 620. Welcome back to the Rays Countdown to Opening Day show as the Rays are just a few days away from, again, uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. And then, uh, hey, here, come on, uh, February 28th, the Rays will open up the uh, Grapefruit League right now anyway against the Atlanta Braves in Port Charlotte. With Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. We are joined now by the American League Manager of the Year. Last year, he guided the Rays to the World Series in 2020 and uh, we always have a blast talking with him, and that's Rays manager Kevin Cash. And uh, uh, Cashy, in some ways, I would imagine that this offseason has been uh, a little long, as uh, you've been probably chopping at the bit to get back out to the field and uh, get uh, back onto a mission of getting back to the World Series. And maybe in some ways, too, it's been uh, kind of a little compacted because we did play 
almost till uh, November 1st. And, uh, you know, again, probably took a little while to come down uh, from that uh, World Series high, even though uh, the race came up a little bit short. How has your offseason gone so far? It's, it's gone well, and there's no doubt. There's a, a lot of excitement heading into this 2021 season. I, I know there's still some stuff that uh, maybe we don't know quite yet how it's going to be managed uh, from a, a protocol standpoint, but talking with the staff and, and some of the guys, I think everybody's ready to get back together uh, to see each other and, and, and continue to find ways to build off of, like you said, a very, very special 2020 season. You know, when you go through a World Series, uh, you emerge differently on the other end. There's different pressures. There's, there's, everyone has a comment on what you do or don't do. Certainly, there was a controversial move that got talked about that you did with Snell in the sixth inning of Game Six. Uh, you're not the first manager to make a controversial move. Uh, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But has your life changed in the respect that the way people approach you? You're probably more of a household name, having been in the World Series now as a manager with so much focus on you. Has your life changed in a sense? Do people approach you differently? No, I don't think so. I, and I would hope that, you know, nothing that, uh, that, that that's the goal to stay consistent. You don't want your life to change at all. Uh, and believe me, I, I understand all the decisions and how they get picked apart and criticized. And you got to appreciate uh, all the different thoughts and, and views and angles from everybody. I think that's what makes us better. Uh, but none of my, the thoughts or, or criticism uh, has been any worse than what I've heard from my, my, my daughters. Uh, they, they still ask the questions why do we do this why do you do that uh and and you know what you, you have fun with it but if, if shame on me if, if if my life changes over something like that I think that you look at the big picture and recognize we had a a, a tremendous run a very talented 2020 season and now all we could do is is look to, to to build that build into that going into 2021. You know, uh, we look back to that game six and uh, you get to the uh, sixth inning. Blake Snell was pitching uh, as well as we've seen him in a long, long time. Uh, but with Blake, you know, again, let's face it. Uh, and I love Blake as much as anybody. We were all still kind of waiting to see where that 30 pitching was going to come into play. Uh, we saw what happened in game, what, two, where he was pitching as well as he was. And he walked a guy and or gave up a homer and then walked. And then things started to fall apart for him there. Uh, I'm not uh, making any excuses for anybody. As a matter of fact, we said it during the game. We weren't really a big fan of the move at the time, but both Andy and I reiterated, plain and simple, we were not going to beat the Dodgers by scoring just one run. So when you look back at that move, taking the ball from Blake, handing it over to Nick Anderson, did it take you, I mean, did you lose any sleep over it over the next few days? Or, you know, how have you responded? I know that thinking back to that Astros series, when we lost game five. The rumor was you didn't even unpack your bag till January. I mean, uh, how does that how did that move kind of hang on or stick around with you uh, uh, once the season was over? I, I've lost plenty of sleep over it. I've thought about it a lot. And the reason why is we all care so much and we want to do right by, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our players, our fans, the organization, the Bay Area, everybody. And 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 when you know, decisions like that go sideways and that one did, um, it wears on you. And, and I, I'm, I think that you know, the, the sleep that I've lost the most is because for whatever reason, the narrative was out there that uh, Blake, Blake wasn't uh, pitching good enough. Blake couldn't have done anything any better. He was outstanding for us. And we had 
we had all the confidence in the world. I had all the confidence in the world in Blake. Uh, the issue is the guy that we brought in, we got a lot of confidence also in Nick Anderson and, and really our entire bullpen at that point. So I know that decision and that, um, you know, that, 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 point of the game will be talked about many times uh, over this 2021 season. Um, and that's fine. We, we owe it to ourselves to talk about it. Uh, I just don't want it to take away from how, how great we performed in 2020 as a team and all the special things that were accomplished. Uh, but to answer your question, there's been plenty of uh, uh, sleep loss uh, because ultimately we care a lot. You're right. I, and everyone involved cares so much. And it's funny because uh, the other teams in this area, the, the hockey team, the Lightning, and of course the Buccaneers have won. It's almost like, well, the race fell short. But when you really look at it, I mean, the, the Brasso moment against the Yankees, the coming back from 3-0 to 0-3 to finally winning game seven against the Astros, having the best record in the American League, coming two wins short, you know, you get to a, a World Series. And, you know, Manuel Margot is a fingernail away from stealing home plate and might have just stolen that game five away. You get so close that you want to win it all. But there's, to me, there's very little consolation in saying this team fell short. To me, I'm kind of at peace with the way 2020 went. The Dodgers might have just been a little bit better of a team. They, you know, Kershaw made that great move in, in game five. They got the out. Uh, they did come, you know, they got to the race bullpen like no other team did whether it be Anderson, Fairbanks, Castillo, uh, Curtis, who know, nobody got to that bullpen the way the, the Dodgers did. I have some peace in the respect of knowing how good the Dodgers were. Does that give you any consolation thinking, you know what, we came that close, just got beat by a team taking nothing away from that 2020 season? Yeah, the, the, the phrase falls short. I, I, I just can't agree with that. Uh, right. We, we did too many special things. And, and, and you know, our, our guys, when you get to the World Series, you're not falling short. <laughs> you're, you're putting together just a tremendous season. And, and what, a, what an experience this has been for all of our Bay Area fans to be, be able to sit back and, and witness the Rays getting to the World Series, the Bucks winning the Super Bowl, the Lightning winning uh, the Stanley Cup, and, and the Rowdies having their success. Uh, pretty remarkable and pretty special for all of us to, to be a part of that. But as far as uh, us specifically, look, you, you, you pointed a couple things. I think we could all go back and point at a couple moments that if one thing with the ball would have rolled a little differently here or there, things might've changed. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers beat us. They were the better team. Uh, they deserve to win the world series. We gave them um, a, a pretty good run for their money. And I'm, we're, we should all be very, very proud of the way uh, our, our raised team performed. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And people are still uh, very proud of what the Rays did. Uh, and again, on the heels of what the Lightning did and what the Bucks just did. And, you know, a couple of things here, Kevin. One, as we kind of close out maybe, or at least I close out the portion of we looking back from a, a, you know, hey, you're not just the manager that's now the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays that came here from Oklahoma or came here from California or came here from wherever. I mean, you, you grew up here. So, how, you know, how, how, how's, how's it felt here? Uh, watching the Bucks do what they did. I mean, uh, I would imagine, you know, from the week having cash growing up in, in uh, Lutz to, uh, you know, now you've been a pretty big Bucks fan. How is that watching these guys uh, do what they did the last few weeks? 
remarkable. Uh, I mean, I give give that organization, uh, Bruce Arians, uh, and certainly the players, so much credit. I mean, you look at um, what they went through during the pandemic and and the, the protocols that they had in place. And then all the outside factors of, you know, Brady coming on and um, not knowing his teammates that well. Uh, I think he, he ended the argument. Uh, I mean, the, 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 he is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. It is unbelievable what that man has done uh, in, in, in his career. And to do it um, the way he did it this year, pretty special. I mean, you, you look at their, you know, there was a, a stretch there where, they didn't look like a NFL playoff team. And I think they just willed themselves to go through right through the teeth. And in some ways there's some similarities. They go into uh, new Orleans, they go into green Bay and, and win. And, and those were challenging teams. There's some similarities uh, for us to, to have the success we did against the Yankees and the Astros uh, pretty special, but to, to be, like you said, a hometown guy uh, and been a Bucks fan for a long, long time. It's been a pretty exciting ride. Let me ask you this, then. Uh, we, we talked about it during the broadcasts of the, the World Series, and even for that matter, during the ALCS with guys like Shane McClanahan. And then, that's you know, even with Willie and almost everybody on our team, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, I mean, Yandy Diaz, everybody on our team is relatively young. Uh, the, the, you, you probably get like a bit of a master's degree by going through the ALDS and the ALCS and getting to the World Series. And now as you get ready for 2021, uh, you know, are we hearing, we're hearing all the right things. Like we did after game five, there wasn't a single guy in that clubhouse that felt like, all right, I was happy, super happy with what we did and whatever happens, happens. I, I got the same feeling once the world series was over, there were a lot of disappointed guys that, as you said, we know what we accomplished, but we also know that this team could still do more. And I get the feeling that they, they're, they're hopefully uh, going to be using what we did last year in 2020, making it to the world series as something that says, all right, we, we still have to get to our ultimate goal and we still have some work to do, but can use that as a, uh, a, a stepping stool to get to where they want to go. There's no doubt. And I, am, I think we're all very confident that will be the mindset of the players. And is that the mindset, you know, coming in spring training on the first day? I don't know, but it's going to get there by opening day. I can assure you, because I we, we know our players really well and they are a very talented group, highly motivated. And you look at what 2019 did. And we talked about that through 2020, what we learned in 2019. And we came up uh, uh, and lost against a very good team in the Astros. Well, we learned a lot about ourselves and we confidence grew over time that we belong. We belong on this stage. Uh, there's not much farther that we got to get. We, we, we got to be a better team. We, I think we recognize that. Uh, but we also know that we're a talented group. You pointed out the youth uh, to just be able to say, like, you look at all the youth and all we are is a year older and we're a year, year more experienced, a year more mature in some of those big moments. Uh, we're going to be, we're, we're going to, we got a chance to be another good, uh, another good team. We're visiting with Rays manager, Kevin Cash, who, by the way, is the reigning American League manager of the year of the American League champions, uh, the Tampa Bay race of 2020. And uh, as we look now towards 2021 a little bit, uh, the, the roster looks different. The rotation looks different. Snell is not here. Morton is not here. Uh, will your message early on in spring training be to make, let's make sure we focus who, who is here? Because let's face it, from a fan standpoint, that the top of the rotation is different in terms of names, in terms of experience, in terms of who they've grown used to watching over the last couple of years. H how, do you, how do you approach the team without there being too much of a focus on who is not with this team right now? 
Well, I mean, it's a very fair question. It's going to be odd for me personally to walk in there and not see Blake and not see Charlie. Uh, those two guys, they were mainstays in our clubhouse and, and just were so valuable, valuable to us uh, over the last couple seasons. I mean, you look at Blake being a first-round pick, a homegrown talent, developed the relationships that he has throughout the entire organization from rookie ball, uh, amateur scout, rookie ball, all the way up to the big leagues. We know how special his relationship is, was, uh, and will continue to be with Kyle Snyder and his teammates. And then on the other side, you look at Charlie, the veteran leadership, the guidance, the presence, and the performance. I mean, is there anybody that you'd rather have pitching in a must-win game in, in baseball today uh, other than Charlie Morton? So they are two big losses. We're going to have to get over that fairly quickly. We'll never get over the appreciation uh, and the love that we have for both those guys, uh, but it is different, and we're going to find out a lot about a bunch of new guys, new faces, and I think that that, that shows – how talented the Rays organization is and, and what they've done in the past. And we've shown the ability to do that before. We're going to have to do it again. And we're very, very excited about uh, the potential and the talent that we have coming in uh, to that building and not necessarily to replace those two guys. Uh, that will take some time, but we've got a bunch of arms that we're excited to look at, watch and see how they'll slot in. Yeah. But I don't know if you want to give away or, you know, I know you don't want to give away any trade secrets, but uh... You know, it is going to be an interesting kind of year, 2021, looking ahead to 162 games, hopefully coming off a 60-game schedule. So we're a run prevention team. We've been that way since, uh, you know, again, this regime took over back in uh, 2006. Uh, and, and so it's about getting outs. And we probably don't have that one or two guys that we can sit there and who knows if anybody does, they go out and get 200 innings after what happened in 2020. So now it's just a matter of maybe just figuring out, all right, whatever 162 times nine is, and let's figure out how we get those outs uh, throughout a, a year. So it's going to be counted upon uh, more than just five starters. It's going to be counted upon more than just four or five bullpen guys. This is really going to be maybe 25 to 30 guys on deck as the season goes along to get those outs throughout the season. And our pitching depth, which was tested last year, will be tested again. It will. And I, and I think you're right. I don't see how we can come into this season, uh, you know, penciling in a certain amount of innings and certainly 180. Um, I, 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 we'll see. There's probably some guys in baseball that will hit that point, hit that mark. I don't know if we'll have one of them. Um, if we do, that guy's pitching really, really well for us. Uh, but you're right in the, in the depth. And I think our guys have done a good job of, uh, of uh, acquiring quality depth. And, and a lot of options that we can use throughout the course of a long six-month season. Um, we've got guys that, that, are, that are right on the brink. Uh, we've got guys that, that we saw in McClanahan last year that, that got in. Uh, we got guys coming back from injuries. So it will be an all-hands-on-deck. I know that's cliche, and we say that all the time with this club, but we're a run prevention team, like you said, and we're an all-hands-on-deck team, and that's how we're built. We're built to utilize the 25, 25, 26 rostered players that we have that day and probably 10, 15, 20 other guys that we have uh, available to us when needed. What, what other challenges do you see because of coming from the shortened season into the new season? Pitching is obviously first and foremost. Does it affect position players at all? What other challenges do you see, and how do you prepare for spring training knowing that it was a shortened, although the Rays played more innings than most other teams, except the Dodgers, 
how do you prepare for their spring training knowing that one season really does lead into the next? Well, I, I think for the for for pitchers, uh, it, it's the most affecting. I think we'll find that out. Position players, you know, I, they're always going to have their little tweaks and stuff that we're going to have to monitor and make sure that we're getting them off their feet at some at certain times. But I think you can make the case the biggest uh concern is for the players that maybe were at the alternate site that did not play in any games and the guys that maybe were counting on to help us they didn't have any games under their belt they had some you know live scrimmages and this and that but the grind of going out there day in and day out for nine innings they they didn't get to experience that so those players that maybe not might not be on your team opening day but you know you're gonna have to count on them to win in the middle of the season without no nothing under their belt from 2020 it's going to be interesting and somewhat challenging to see how uh we can manage those situations we continue our conversation with the Rays manager kevin cash and uh kevin you know looking at uh, uh I, I know we always seem to focus on the pitching and the defense with this team and deservedly so but i'm really kind of intrigued as to what our offense is going to be able to do here in 2021 i know that uh you know during the year last year we had some ups and downs and uh, we had some issues especially toward the end of the year of uh, getting guys in with runners in scoring position. Uh, I'm going to probably have to have a couple of mea culpas to, uh, uh, you know, Chad Matola if I do see him this spring. But uh, with that being said, uh, you know, again, a healthy Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, a year older with more experience and maybe hopefully, again, gathering some info as to how things went for him in the postseason. Willie Adamas, let's see how he bounces back from uh, the postseason. Uh, you know, Yandy Diaz, a guy that, that can work the count with the best of them. Jimon Choi looks like he's getting more confidence every single year. Can he put together two halves and, and be a, a, an imposing figure in the middle part of the lineup? And then Wander Franco, a guy that we may or may not see before it's all said and done. But, uh, you know, again, a, a healthy Austin Meadows, a Brandon Lau that's consistent. Uh, when, we, when those two are going, this offense seems to operate at a different level. I'm really kind of intrigued to see where this offense is in 2021. I am too. I'm excited about it. I'm glad you didn't mention Randy or Rosarina because we just don't need to talk about him. Let's just let him be and pick up where he left off. Uh, But, you know, to your point, Austin, G-Man and Yandy, that's a three big bats presence in the middle of our lineup and all three of their seasons were somewhat derailed and you know really for for Yandi and 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 G-Man kind of at the wrong time you know they 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 got shut down and we're building them up as we're going into the final series of the year and the postseason here come play that's really tough to do and then they're going to go face the best pitchers in baseball for a month straight between the Yankees the Astros and the Dodgers Um, if we can keep those guys healthy I I I think that we the offense we're going to see some potential for a lot of good things to happen for it to click and i and i agree with you from the left-handed side meadows and b lao when when they're right they really lengthen lengthen our offense out they've got home run gap power they do a lot of damage um so we got plenty of weapons we got to do a good job of doing everything we can to keep them on the field you know, Mike Zanino worked really hard the, the, the season prior to get better offensively. It didn't show up that much during the regular season, but in the postseason, not only in home runs, but just in hits, timely hits, and he's back defensively, of course, with a new partner perhaps, or I guess certainly because Michael Perez isn't here anymore, whether it's Mejia or, or whom else. How do you look at the catching situation? And do you think Z had maybe a bit of a breakthrough to do that on that big stage offensively, I think really showed the, uh, the reward of hard work. 
Yeah, he had a tremendous postseason. I, I was, we were all pumped for Z. You know, he took his lumps throughout 2020 during the regular season. For him to pick us up the way he did, but we always give him a lot of credit for the, our, our pitching staff and the way he leads them. And I think it's pretty important for us to have him back because, like we talked about earlier, no Blake, no Charlie. Uh, we're going to need a veteran presence back there that can give some some guidance uh, and and really help along put put a, put the, his arm around some of these young pitchers that are going to be given some opportunities to come in compete and help us win games. So uh, it, it was a, an exciting postseason for Z and look for him to build off that in, into this upcoming season. My final question, Kevin. Again, it just kind of a general uh, question about COVID nineteen. It's still here. It's still. Uh... Unfortunately, a major presence. Uh, we got all these variances coming on now in the state of Florida. Uh, we, we were able to kind of, again, maneuver our way through all of it in 2020 for the most part. Uh, we did a pretty good job. Played more games than anybody. We played 20 postseason games. Uh, I thought the guys and you raved about them afterward, the way that they handled all the different situations. It's going to be a lot different, though, with a, a handling it throughout spring and then through a 162-game season as opposed to a 60-game season. Any concerns about that? Well, there's always concerns. And I think we all, when 2020 ended, we wanted to, or we hoped that we would be in a different place leading into 2021. I don't know if any of us can say that we are from a health and safety, um, you know, standard, uh, but, it, it, the message will be very similar. This is where we talk about being the best teammate. You really got to do it to a different level with, uh, to, to keep everybody safe. And that's just not for the players on the field. That's for the, the staff, the families, uh, and our fans. Nothing's been decided on fans yet. Man, do we want to have fans really, really bad at the trop cheering us on. But we want to do it safely. And I, I think we all, what we learned from our players last year is they care so much about one another they'll do right by each other and they'll do right by our Bay area community. Skipper, we thank you. It's mm -hmm. great talking to you. We, we really miss you during the off season and uh, let's get this thing started down in Port Charlotte. Way to go. I can't wait. And great talking to you guys and look forward to talking a lot more. I, I am too. Kevin Cash, the race skipper, the American league uh, manager of the year and deservedly. So probably should have at least three of them for the job that he's done with the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk with, Another Kevin, Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays after this on your countdown to opening day show on your home for the Rays, 95.3 WDAE. And now here on our countdown to opening day show, we are joined by one of the very best center fielders in Major League Baseball. And that, of course, is Kevin Kiermeyer, who uh, is, uh, I hope, rested up a little bit from what was uh, in some ways a short season, KK, but some ways a long season is that in that you got almost to November. Uh, but it was really a, a, such a memorable season. What memories last for you most looking back to 2020? Oh, boy, what a what a great 2020 it was with all the craziness involved, obviously. But uh, game four is the first thing that comes to mind. Mike Brasso's homer off Chapman. Um, Randy Arazarena being the best player on the planet for the last month and a half and his playoff run was incredible. Those come to mind. Um, but you know what? When when you're on a great team with uh, in a great organization on great people, uh, you know you have stuff that happens each and every day, and that's the beauty of being a part of, of our great team. Is you know we all enjoy showing up to the field each and every day, and uh, we try to make the best of each day. But you know those are definitely the ones that uh, stick out for me, and probably a lot of other Rays fans. But um, so much fun to you know look back and, and think about what we accomplished last year, uh, this whole off season, 
a lot of fun. Definitely, you know, obviously didn't finish it the right way. And, and that's what we're going to work forward, uh, work towards this year. So I'm ready to get down to Port Charlotte, Port Charlotte and, uh, you know, start seeing my teammates each and every day again. You know, we just talked to Kevin Cash a little while ago and, uh, you know, we, I know a lot of it's about verbiage KK and, uh, you know, we've had some people say, well, you know, it's unfortunate that the race came up just a little bit short. I think as we and, uh, Andy and I and Kevin Cash were talking about it in the era, earlier segment. I don't think there was anything about coming up short. It was just maybe that the Dodgers were a little better team at that particular point of the year. And uh, to, to accomplish what this race team accomplished uh, under adverse conditions with the pandemic going on, to be able to get to the postseason, to win two out of every three games during the regular season, to beat the Blue Jays 2 nothing, to hold off the Yankees three games to two, to beat the Astros four games to three, and then take the Dodgers – to the sixth inning of a sixth game, uh, uh, there was no coming up short. And you believe that, uh, I mean, I look back at your stats in the postseason. You had a tremendous postseason. You hit the ball for power. You were hitting the ball. You were getting on base. You played your usual sparkling defense. Do you really feel like the, the, the verbiage around the team is that we didn't come up short, but we still have some work to do because we didn't get to where we wanted to go? Yeah, we definitely uh, – that's a great way to put it. We definitely um, – you know, know we needed to do a little bit, you know, ex execute a little bit more, I guess you could say. And the Dodgers just had a couple more big at bats and, you know, made just a couple more pitches than we did. Um, and even after that game was over, you know, I said something to the team uh, and everyone was in the locker room after. And it, it was a, a general feeling across the clubhouse that we weren't sad or disappointed or, you know, end of the season on a terrible note. We, we had so much to be proud of, so much that we accomplished. It's just, you know what? Yeah, we we got beat by a team that was just a little bit better than us. Um, there's no way around that. And that's okay. That's the, you know, competitive nature brings out the best of people. And, and you know, you think about our postseason in 2019, and we were so excited to, you know, get things going a year ago from today. And we were so excited to, you know, take that next step and, you know, obviously advancing to the World Series and, and, and not winning it. Um, you know, we were one of two teams, one of the two of the last teams standing. That's something to be very proud of. And and now we're at the point, well, OK, what can we do to take that next step now? And and we're bringing back the you know majority of our, our personnel that we had last year and going to make some additions. And there were some subtractions as well. But we're going to have a really good team and and I'm going to you know, voice my opinion, let these guys know that, uh, you know, we expect to go out here and try to win the division, try to get back and, and try to win it this year. That's going to be the goal. And, and we have a realistic chance of that. So uh, you guys are getting me excited talking about all this. So hopefully we can make it happen. Okay. For years, you were a star on the Rays without being able to get to postseason. You get there in 2019, you get there in 2020. And like Dave was saying, you had some really big moments in that postseason. Uh, always defensively, but I think of your home run against the Yankees was very, very big. Two home runs in the World Series. It, how personally satisfying is it to you that you were able to contribute, of course, with the glove, but with the bat also and come up with some timely hits right when the team needed it? Yep. It's, uh, you know, that's what, um, you know, the playoffs is just a different animal. And you, you, for me, I was testing myself personally, and especially the World Series, it's like, okay, it doesn't get any bigger stage than this. What what am I about on this stage that I've never been on before? What can I do personally to help the team? And um, 
you know, any, anyone can do whatever they do during the regular season, but postseason, there's just a little bit more pressure. Brights are a little bit lighter. And, and I was very happy with how I, you know, handled my bats personally. I, I learned a lot about myself throughout the whole postseason, especially the world series. Cause my my wrist or my hand still wasn't anywhere near a hundred percent because that hit by pitch in the Astro series. Um, and it helped me lighten my workload and take less swings going in the game because I wasn't able to, and, and I still got good results. So as you get older, you try to limit your workload in, in some capacity because it, it's hard on the body swinging and, and doing all those things. But, um, you know, I, I know I'm a defensive first guy, but it felt good to, you know, kind of reestablish myself in a way where it's like, look, this guy's no slouch at the plate. And, and I know my numbers have been what they've been, but you know what? No matter if I'm 0 for my last 15 or 8 for my last 15, I'm always confident stepping to the plate. I've created this certain mindset over the years, and I'm very proud of, of the mental steps I've taken throughout my career. And, uh, you know, I'm going to apply everything I learned last year going into this year, and, and I feel as confident as ever, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, fellas. No surprise there. Visiting with Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays as we continue with our countdown to opening day show, along with Andy Freed, I'm Dave Wills. And KK, uh, uh, here we are in the offseason. And, and it's a, again, it's a Tampa Bay Rays offseason. There's been some guys who have, have moved along. We, we say goodbye to Blake Snell, who did some incredible things from the time he was drafted until the time he was taken out of the ball game in the sixth inning of game six. Charlie Morton, uh, really, in just the two years that he was here, uh, really, I think, has left an indelible mark on this franchise for uh, the pro that he is both on and off the field. Uh, we had a chance to see it uh, in both aspects with the job he did on the mound, but also I'm sure you see it a little bit more in the clubhouse, but we saw it out and about in the community as well. Uh, really just one of those guys that uh, I will always consider to be one of the best guys that I've ever met. Oh, and yeah. then you have to make it through uh, another one of those off seasons. Whereas let's face it, as you get a little bit older and you make a little more money, there's always going to be talk that uh, one of those guys is going to be traded. So uh, outside of the fact that I know you were really, really excited with the Bucks winning it all and uh, really wanted to hop on a boat and get out there probably with those guys yeah, uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, how's your offseason been? And, and, and is it just kind of like business as usual from a, a player standpoint when you do see a couple of good guys and good friends move along? Yep. Um, that's a great way to put it as well. It's, you know, it's a game, obviously, but people forget the business side of things and, and certain things uh, just happen. And, you know, I, I know my name was was thrown around there in trade rumors. I knew Blake's name was going and and then, you know, you try not to look too much into it until something happens. And, you know, even with, with Blake going, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, it's tough to see him go. But at the same time our front office has been spot on with everything they've been doing. And, and we know how we work around a budget or, you know, our payroll in certain ways. So um, not too surprised about it, but, and then, you know, Charlie um, seeing him go was tough because everyone loved him, what he did on the mound, obviously, but just the person he is day in, day out, um, you know, the four days where he's not pitching, I just feel like that's where he separates himself from others because just because he's been around the game so long, has so much knowledge, helps our, you know, position players like me a ton, but especially all of our young pitchers. He's just always in guys' ears, giving insight and uh, tips and whatnot to how to try to be successful. So we're going to miss him a ton. We're going to miss both guys a ton, but at the same time, uh, guys are going to have to step up. And I know there's a lot of guys that are, uh, 
you know, waiting for their name to be called on. It's going to be exciting to see how uh, certain guys respond to that. And we had some guys like Josh Fleming come up last year. Yarbrough is going to be expected to do a lot more this year, just to name a few. But um, it's one of those things where you just you have to accept the business side of the game. And, and especially with how we do things, it's okay. We, we run out a great roster each and every year, and I'm excited about the guys we have right now. I really am, and, and I can't wait to, uh, you know, see what our mojo is come that first day in spring and, and see what we're about. But I, I don't think there's uh, any need to motivate our group by any means. We're ready to go. We, we have a great mindset coming to the field each and every day, and we, com- we plan on continuing that in 2021 as well. Does it take experience to accept and almost embrace change? You, you know, we, we got obsessed with the Rays because that's the team we're around all the time. But other teams deal with this. You know, the, the Astros won't have Springer anymore. The Indians won't have Lindor anymore. Uh, this team goes from, you know, Darvishes and with the Cubs, whatever. Does it take that experience uh, to, to help kind of lead the group through that? It's a young team, but you've been through this before. You, you kind of know how to embrace this from others. Are you better at it now, say, than where you're, you know, uh, and as a rookie or as a, a first oh, yeah. or second year player. Yeah. I, um, I've gotten a lot better over the years and I just understand more things now than, than what I did back in the day. You know, I, I remember that spring training, I think it was 2017 where we are 18, where we traded away Odorizzi, Dickerson, yeah. Souza. You know, I, I, I voiced my opinion about that. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough seeing really good players and really quality guys just just leave. But once again, it's part of the game. And as I've gotten older, I, I've accepted it more. And, and it's more of uh, uh, you think about the relationships you create with guys and, you know, you can live with that. But the part of me that is the most excited is about, you know, meeting new people and, and watching new guys take on uh take on a role you think about like Brent Honeywell I know he's been waiting for a while to you know get his chance in the big league Shane Boz guys like that who are just waiting for that opportunity but um you know once again yeah you see guys like Lindor and other guys leave every team does it some teams more than others but you know each team has their own formula of of how they create a roster year in and year out and once again Eric Neander is he's a genius the guy's a genius along with all the other guys uh helping out making moves certain trades and uh you know stuff like that and here we are um you know a team last year where no one probably expected us to win the division or get to the world series but when you gotta you know they have a, a eye for finding talent and guys who have high drive and motivation and if you get you know, as many guys in the clubhouse with, with that mindset, great things can happen. And the 2020 Rays are a perfect example of just that. And we're going to do our best to, you know, 2021 Rays lineup doing the exact same. Kevin Kiermeyer joining us for a couple more minutes here on our countdown to opening day show again with Andy Freedom, Dave Wills and Kevin, you know, everybody does focus on the pitching and the defense of the Rays and run prevention is a big part of why the Rays have been as successful as they are. But, uh, you know, talked about this with Cashy a little while ago. I'm kind of intrigued to see where this offense goes, especially if we have a healthy Austin Meadows. We have a, a healthy Jimon Choi who can put together maybe two consistent halves. Yandy Diaz can stay on the field maybe a little more often because he is the guy that really can handle elite pitching and some of that, uh, you know, again, 
velocity that uh, gives some guys trouble, but he can go up and get 95 to 100 and do some damage to it. And then you mentioned Randy, but, you know, Brandon Lau. I mean, I- I'm really, really kind of intrigued to see where this offense grows from 2020 to 2021 as well. Yeah, me too. I, I um, you know, I think if you talk to any player on our team, we all know that we can be better and, and we expect out of a lot out of each and every person in our, in our clubhouse. And we know we have guys who can swing the bat, but, you know, I think our, our main thing that uh, we need to focus on or, or, you know, try to improve on myself being probably number one is just work on sustaining consistency, having trouble with my words today, fellas. I'm sorry, but (laughs) it's free. It's free training for all of us. That's right. A lot of, you know, (laughs) good and good and bad. And you just try to, you know, stay atop of that wave as much as you can. And, you know, that's what I've battled my whole career. There's times where I can be so good and there's times I can be so bad. And I think with such a young lineup, uh, you know, we're prone to, to, to have struggles at certain times. But at the same time, with that being said, I always tell our guys, look around the room, whether we're talking about position players or pitchers, look how much talent we have in here and what, how exciting it is to come to the field each and every day because you just never know who the hero is going to be and we have that much talent, one through nine, uh, you know, that can that can be so dangerous. And uh, another guy I think of, I know Yoshi was, you know, he probably didn't mm-hmm. play the way he wanted to last year, but that guy works as hard as anyone. And I know that he put in the work this offseason over there in Japan. I know he's going to come back better. I'm going to be better. And I know there's going to be a lot of guys who were working their butts off this whole offseason to try to make those slight adjustments, improvements to better their game. So, uh you know, I'll have a better answer for you in about 10 or 10 days from now, whenever I see everyone in action to see what everyone worked on. But uh, exciting things to think about. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited, fellas. <laughs> last one for me, KK. It, you know, last year you had to learn on the fly how to deal with, with the COVID situation, with the protocols. Uh, the Rays probably did as well as any team in baseball at sticking to what the rules had to be, but you were learning it on the fly. How different is it this year going and knowing that it's going to be that way, at least for a little while. We don't know exactly how long, uh, but how impressed were you uh, of how well the team stuck to those plans last year? And then what are your preparations with regard to that coming into this year? I mean, I feel like we were about as, as safe or protected as we could have been. Mike Sandoval, um, you know, one of our trainers was our chaperone the whole season and he, he did a great job with that, staying on us about certain things. And we were just trying to, you know, not see anyone go down to COVID and we're trying to be smart as possible. So no one had to miss any time or anything like that. And, and we probably had, a, you know, one of the smoother teams in all of baseball. Cause we hardly had, you know, I don't try to think of any issues we had throughout the season, but uh, you know, might've been a few here or there, but then you hear the horror stories from other teams and, um, you know, guys were accountable where we know that we had to do the right things when we left, you know, on and off the field or in the clubhouse. When we go home, we had to be smart about what we were doing. And uh, everyone stayed on each other about that. And and we wanted to be really good in that area. Now, as far as going to this year, you know, you got you have to accept that things are still going to be kind of how they were last year for a little bit, maybe or even longer. Who knows? But at least this year, we know what to expect. And. And, uh, you know, we obviously got through it last year and, and we're going to be able to do, um, you know, be able to put a good product out in the field like we did last year going into this year because um, you get you. I mean, we got used to it. we got used to not no fans in the stands and it, you know, 
you have to find ways to motivate yourself each and every day. So, um, you know, hopefully as time goes on, we can get back to a little bit of normalcy, um, whether that's the right word or, or not, but hopefully midsummer, you know, start seeing things to get back to how it was uh, back in the good old days. But as long as everyone's safe and, um, you know, we're playing, that, that's, that's all that matters to me. I just, I love playing this game and whether we're playing in front of zero fans, 10,000 fans or 40,000 fans, we love being out there each and every day and representing that name across our chest. And uh, I know all our guys will be on board with that as well. Okay, Kay. And, uh, you know, again, uh, coming into today's uh, show, I was excited for baseball to get started again now that football's over and I was really, really pumped up. I thought I was pumped up for the season, but after talking to you and Kevin Cash now in the last uh, few minutes, I'm really, really, really pumped up. I mean, uh, there was a lot to like about 2020, but I'm really, really excited about the uh, possibilities of 2021. And again, uh, wishing you all the best here. Uh, Stay safe, stay healthy, best to you and your family. And again, thanks for taking the time to join us here today. And we'll see you in Port Charlotte, hopefully sooner rather than later. All right, fellas, we're going to do our best to go out there and, and put on a show for for all the fans out there and let you guys have your electric calls like always through uh, <laughs> through the radio. So we're, we're ready. ready. I hope you guys are. We're Indeed. ready. KK. Thank, Thank you. you very, very much. Kevin Kiermeyer joining us here on our Countdown to Opening Day show. And, hey, get all the latest Rays news and content delivered directly to your inbox when you sign up to be a Rays insider. You'll be the first to see information of future deals directly from the Rays. Visit RaysBaseball.com slash newsletter today. Raise up. He's Andy. I'm Dave. When we come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Countdown to Opening Day show and uh, get you ready for our next broadcast. That and more coming up on your home for the Rays, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Welcome back to the Rays Countdown to Opening Day show. Again with Andy Freedom, Dave Wills. And are you following the Rays on social media yet? Check out the Rays on all of your favorite social media apps, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even TikTok. Don't miss out. Follow the Rays' social media accounts today. Hashtag Raise Up. And now we are joined by our other member of the Rays broadcasting crew, Neil Solons, joins us here. And, uh, Neil, uh, again, it's been another uh, typical Rays offseason. We talked about it with Cashy. We talked about it with KK. Uh, some, some subtractions. Uh, we say goodbye to Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Among others, uh, you know, we, we uh, also uh, then say hello to guys like uh, Michael Waka and Chris Archer. We really didn't even get a chance to ask either Cashy or KK uh, what it's going to be like to have Archer back. Let's, let's ask you that question then. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by it. I know there's been a lot of mixed feelings by fans who think, are we getting back the Chris Archer that we had uh, prior to when he left for the Pirates? I, I think it's going to be Chris Archer 2.0 where it might be a little bit more toward the young Chris Archer because – I'm looking forward to a Chris Archer, and he's saying all the right things of being just Chris Archer, the pitcher, not Chris Archer, the lead guy in the clubhouse, the staff ace, the spokesman of the team, the face of the franchise. Just be Chris Archer, the pitcher. I think a part of it is he's going to have a little less pressure. Um, he's also motivated by a one-year deal, and I think those areas benefit him a lot. And I think the Rays are also going to be very careful with his innings as they're going to be with everybody. You know, a lot of people will look at the – the moves involving Snell and Morton and say Chris Archer and Michael Walker. And, and I kind of think to the contrary, it's Archer and Waka and Luis Patino and whoever else they add between the start of spring training games that are replacing them. I mean, it's really going to be a conglomerate of lots of pitchers like 2019 to try and win this year. I, I think that's going to be part of the issue guys across major league baseball this year. And 
various teams are thinking of doing it differently, whether it be adding another man to a rotation. I don't see the Rays doing that. Uh, but uh, I, I think kind of, Neil, what you were touching on there, it, it, there's a lot of innings to cover. And Dave, you were talking about it with Kevin Cash earlier in this show. There's a lot of innings to cover. Everybody's got to cover about the same amount of innings, but I think there might be 30 different plans amongst the 30 mm-hmm. different teams on how they're going to get that way. And the, uh, the, the resiliency of pitchers, the health of pitchers, and the ability to use your farm system, I think is going to be a, a, a key for whoever's going to go to postseason this year. And I think in the race case, you're going to see a lot of use of pitchers between 100 and 150 innings. I don't think there are going to be many pitchers in the game that go above 150 this year. When you go from 162 games to 60 to back to 162, I think there are a lot of stresses and strains. And I think with that and the fear of COVID, all the challenges these guys are going to face, managing a staff is going to be key. And I think the race are well positioned because of how much Kyle and Stan and, and Kevin have to do normally during a season. I think they're kind of fairly well at this year. Did the quick math, 162 games times nine. And I know there's some seven inning doubleheaders that will be mixed in, but that's uh, 1,458 innings that have to be covered minimum if it's a nine inning game. So uh, I, I think that's how the Rays are looking at it. Not a six man mm-hmm. rotation with five guys in the bullpen. They're figuring out how they can cover almost 1,500 innings before it's all uh, said and done. We talked a little bit about the offense with both KK and uh, Cashy as well, Neil. Uh, in a general term, we're down to just maybe about a minute left. What would you say makes you most excited about this 2021 team coming off a trip to the World Series? I think growth. I mean, a full year, Randy Rosarena, uh, I think has a chance to take a real step up if you stay healthy and then all the prospects that are on the way. I mean, you know, the chance of seeing Wander Franco and his contact ability to add to this lineup, I think can make them a whole lot better. All right, you know how to keep it short and sweet. We had a little trouble <laughs> with a couple of guys before you, but uh, Neil, we are looking forward to uh, seeing you down uh, in spring training in a few weeks. Uh, we'll also be talking with you again next week when our next show, but uh, hey, great talking with you again. And like I said to those guys, uh, after this conversation today, I thought I was ready for spring training. I'm really, really ready for baseball to get started again. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for taking the time. You got it. Me too. Andy, uh, we'll see you next week on the 18th, and it'll be a noon start, a little lunchtime with the Rays. So we'll see you then. That's exactly right. We're counting down April 1st, opener Rays at Marlins. And again, our executive producer of uh, Rays Baseball and the Radio is Larry McCabe, and this show produced by Chris Miller. Thanks to Kevin Cash and Kevin Kiermeyer for uh, taking the time to join us here on our initial show here in 2021 Uh, for Andy and Neil I'm Dave. And again, this has been the countdown to opening day show on your home for the Rays, 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Thank you for listening to countdown to opening day. Swing line drive, right center. It's a base hit. Kiermaier around third. He scores the tying run. If you missed any of the show, download it at raisebaseball.com slash radio. And now they got a couple of weeks third and home. The ball gets away. And the score rolls arena. The Rays have won. Opening day will be here before you know it. They're trying to catch him in the outfield and they can't. That has got to be one of the most unlikely endings to a World Series game in the history of baseball. The Rays have won it 8-7 on a base hit by Phillips. For ticket information, visit RaysBaseball.com.